So welcome everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Enzo Flow. You're here with our hosts, uh, Francis, myself, and Yusan. And Yusan. Hello. Um, so today, we the main topic of this podcast is going to be talking a little bit about Lao Tzu, um, the ancient Chinese philosopher um, mm. who was essentially the founder of Taoism. Um, right. And to start off with, we're just going to give you a little bit of context about his story, um, one of his main teachings, and kind of go into an analysis and breakdown of how you can apply it to modern day uh, culture um, and how to improve your mental well-being. So it's interesting because his teachings have been put into this book called Tao Te Ching, which dates back to 6th century BC. And uh, legend has it, shall I tell a little bit about the story? Yeah, 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 go ahead, Bob. So legend has it that uh, he was the keeper of the imperial archives. And uh, during a time of war, he decided to leave this ancient city of Luyang. And uh, according to the stories, he was going to leave through the uh, western gate of the city. And on his way out, he encountered this person called, uh, I forget the name, forget the Uh, name, but... um, yeah, I think his name is Zin, Zin, uh, no, Yin Zi. Yin Zi, right. So this person named Yin Zi, who, is, uh, who was also a, a gatekeeper and a pretty wise man, according to legend. And uh, he knew of Lao Tzu's uh, wisdom and teachings. So he wanted to get something out of him before he left the city and uh, went off to somewhere else. Because I believe at those times, you know, um, we weren't as connected as uh, I, I think that's we are why now. he was... I think that's why he was wise, in fact, because he saw the the wisdom of... Off Lao Tzu. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. So um, he stopped Lao Tzu and begged him to put down his teachings, his wisdom, into a book so that, you know, it can it can remain in the city while, even if he decided to leave. So um, this is how this book came into being. He, um, right then and there, he wrote down his book, 81 Verses, right? Yeah, correct. 81, 81 verses. And uh, after he wrote the book in 5,000 Chinese characters, he left the city, west into the desert, and was never to be found. Right. And they, they've still somehow managed to unearth some of these transcripts today um, after 2,400, 500 years. And you kind of just see the remnants, but they were one of the most translated texts in the world after mm-hmm. the Bible. Uh, there's so many different versions, obviously with the ancient Chinese uh, kind of characters, there's kind of different versions and translations, but you can find it in almost any language across the globe. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, shall we um, start off by reading the first verse of this book then? Okay. Sorry, I just got cat hair all up my nose. For a <laughs> Cat came over straight away. I think she got attracted mm. to the to the, Dao. the, the story of Dao Li Ching, mum. <laughs> <laughs> so the first <laughs> verse goes, The Tao that can be told is not the eternal Tao. The name that can be named is not the eternal name. The Tao is both named and nameless. As nameless it is the origin of all things. As named it is the mother of 10,000 things. Ever desireless, one can see the mystery. Ever desiring, 
one sees only the manifestations and the mystery itself is the doorway to all understanding. Mm. Right. You know, yeah, even, even with first contact with it, it seems very loaded, this first verse, right? There's a, it's quite cryptic, yeah. Yeah. Also paradoxical in, this, in one sense as well, right? So, yeah, but, um, the paradoxical nature of the Tao Te Ching and um, kind of Eastern philosophy and, and culture has always been, rather than seeing two things which may seem opposing in Western culture, say good and bad, they're actually right. one and the same. So, Absolutely. for example, the yin and yang symbol, typical of Taoism, um, has a bit of the black with the white in it. And the white has some black in it. They represent the feminine and the masculine, which you don't have one without the other. Um, same thing with good and bad. Same thing in this case of desiring and the desireless or having the 10,000 things and the mystery that it speaks of. They're the yeah. one in the same part of the puzzle. Yeah, because, yeah, like you say, even in the yin and yang symbol, like if you really look at it, it's, it, it could be seen as that the, uh, the black shape lies on a white background, or in another way of looking at it, it's a white shape that lies on a black background that defines the, the two yeah. fish that are in, 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 interlinked. And it and makes yeah, this like, kind of balance, right? It's, it's not uh, balanced if one is bigger than the other. Yeah. And, um, and, and you're right that a lot of these um, Eastern philosophies, teachings, and ideas are paradoxical in nature, right? And I think that is... Um, that is their method of teaching because it these paradoxes then force you to um, go into yourself and and really think about these ideas so that to better understand them, perhaps. But um, right in this one, he says that um, the uh, the difference between desiring and desirelessness, right? So I think in one way of looking at it, desiring something or wanting something is what creates. Um, um, is, 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 is what creates all of this, this, this need and anxiety and everything. However, letting go or allowing the prison situation or the Tao, because the, the word the Tao translates to the way, right? The way of nature, the, yeah. the, the course of nature. So the Tao, if you see it as everything that's happening around you, desiring means that you're going against the way things are flowing in life. The, so the Tao that some, can be told, yeah. The Tao that the can be told. the first line of the, the verse. The Tao that can be told is kind of trying to label everything. Trying to label everything, yes. Trying to label everything. And when you label as well, yeah, you, you, you're trying to control or define or put it into classes, mm. right? When you put things into classes, define, uh, start categorizing everything, you are doing that in a way to control what's going on. To Just, say that, that would be, know, mm, So that would be to kind of summarize as uh, if you look into nature and you're trying to see the Tao, you'd be seeing the life that it is bringing and being like, oh, like all of this is alive in front of me. That is trying to name or tell the, the Tao that can't be told, you know? It's not so mm -hmm. simple. But seeing um, or uh, it, it not being the eternal Tao, the eternal Tao is to say you're kind of understanding and comprehending the magic behind it. Like everyone such as yourself and me, we're, we're breathing, we're tasting, we're sensing all these things automatically. You can consciously breathe, but mm. it happens without you realizing you're not, your heart is beating. 
And you are more than just your skin and your bones and the fluids inside you and the blood that circulates around your veins. You're more than just the sum of your parts. You're Husan, but you're also all the cells inside you. You can label each individual part, but if you packed it all together, you'd just be a dead body, right? Mm. There is, is something, there is is something behind everything that you see. Absolutely, yes. And, and, uh, magic. and that is the Tao that can't be told, from my understanding. And, and also, I believe there's, there's something more to that, that line, because the, the, the Tao that can be named is not the eternal Tao. It, it, it also could hint towards, you know, something that can be named is something that's conceptualized. So if you see something, say, like, that's an apple or that's a tree, you're trying to name it, you're trying to put it into these categories. But I believe that 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 line is hinting towards going beyond the words. So there's no way to understand, like when you meditate as well, you're trying to center yourself, bring your consciousness to a state of awareness, which is beyond labeling, which is beyond um, thinking, if you will. Mm. So so the, the Tao that, that, that can be named is not the eternal Tao, meaning that you know you need to go beyond words and you can't really conceptualize this force. It's something that has to be, I mean, it is something that's inside you, right? Everyone. It is the force that animates everything and everything around you. And just as much as you are that, you, you cannot really use your ego, your thinking mind, or your day-to-day -day consciousness to try and put this into words so that you yeah. can understand. You need to go either, well, in one way of looking at it, above your thoughts, to suspend mm. your thoughts and even really... even above the idea of language because language is yeah. kind of a manifestation of uh culture and egos and the way that your mind works but actually it's just a tool for communication and some things can't be communicated through labels and and words we're defining each thing as a word like this this water bottle that i hold in front of me holds mm. water but is water called water is it h2o or is it um, agua? We, we have all these different words for the same thing. But yeah. it's none of those things. Every, every batch of water is different. You have um, water from a different river or a different ocean. Um, we try to put constraints on it and label it with a thing to make sense of it in, communica in communication and language. Mm. But actually, it, there is, it's more of the essence of water that can't be communicated. And it nourishes everything around it. Perfect time for a sip of water, <laughs> and uh, and no, I <laughs> no, that's right. In that you know, also the word water or the the uh, the, the symbols H two O aqua. There, I mean, can you can you get wet with the word water? Like, or can you can you like drink the word water? No, but also the word water itself is just a noise. It's something. It's a noise that's coming out of my mouth, which you interpret as water. Right. Which then right. And we both agree that, that that that's defined as that, it's water. that object, right? If yeah. it isn't an object, but, it's more of just a a thing that it's quite hard to conceptualize. Absolutely. In a certain way. Right. And and you know these this way the language or the way of classifying things, putting things into classes, is necessary for humans to be able to communicate, but. People, they live too much in these words. People believe that, you know, always think, okay, not people in general, but people that are constantly thinking, always thinking, without letting there to be a gap between the thoughts for this presence to arise, mm. they experience reality all through these words. Say, when someone goes into the pool, yes, I'm in water, but in, no, like you're still conceptualizing. So there's no way to understand any, any greater truths 
or mm. anything even different without going beyond the words because words are just pointers to things. Yeah. I think a, a good way to try and actively do that is to try and think of the world as how a baby would look at it, for example, because they have no context or idea of how language works. They're still learning it, but they look at everything like it's just pure magic. Like you can't understand it. They don't have labels. It's only because we've learned language to try and communicate these things and put things into classes that we don't have this appreciation because otherwise everything would just be kind of pure amazement. You look at things, the curiosity. Um, right. And often the thing that I try to do in my, my day-to-day life or what was meditating is question, could this all be a dream? Because that allows you to look at things in a slightly different light. Not that you necessarily believe it, but if you just question yourself with that, you have this tendency to start to look at things a little bit more differently with a newfound appreciation, seeing the magic in it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Because once you start to notice these little things, right, as they are, and I, I think in Buddhist language, it's called, I, I, okay, in Buddhist language and also in Sanskrit, it's called tatata, the suchness of the world. So rather than putting labels, just like a baby would, because say, let's Do put, put labels? As in no, that's what I'm saying. The other way around. What? Do as babies, in babies put don't put, babies don't put labels, right? They don't put labels. Is that not what I said? No, you ah. said they, babies put labels. Slip of tongue. But, um, <laughs> but no, let's explore that a bit more. Because, say, if a new being comes into this mm. world, right? So you experience the world through your five senses. Sight, smell sound and then you know the, the tactile feelings as well yeah. but to a baby that comes into this world who experiences the world at first through all these five senses there's no way there's no way for it to make sense of the world in that you know even seeing its mother wouldn't be like oh this this is my mother like i feel a special connection to it just see a shape through, through the uh, through the ears it would hear its mother and through the eyes it would see a shape that moves about but there's no way to distinguish between the mother and the rest of the world it's it's only once you once society starts training a newborn baby into... I, I would disagree. I would disagree. I, th- I think with a baby and its mother, that's a profound connection. Like it's a spiritual love that transcends the need to put a label right. or try and define the shape. It's just, it just feels this kind of loving energy. I agree. There, could, there, there may well be, but there, there won't be any labels because it, it hasn't mm. learned the labels yet. No, of course. Right? Yeah. Agreed. So... Without these labels, everything has, like you say, this magic behind it because there's so much, mm. so much jazz, so so much buzz going on in this world. Everything is new. You look at everything. Say the um, the markings on the floor. It, it has magic. And once you grow old, once society trains you to become a human, start labeling things. And you know, through our schools and education system, to try and label even greater things through science. You you the the magic of the world is lost. And in a way, I think. These Eastern ideas, these philosophies, meditation, all of these practices, these yogas are a way to come into contact with that essence of being, with that being connected with your true self, right? It is it, sort of my interpretation of this at the minute. Yeah, yeah. And, stri- and you're stripped away of this curiosity. And I think meditation is just about trying to, to bring that curiosity back that you, you lose over conditioning in the, the environment. Um, our conscious self starts to, I think our subconscious still has it. And it's that yeah. inner child in you that still wants to explore and have fun and Im- go with the flow and embrace the moment. But our <laughs> conscious thoughts and culture 
eventually ends up stripping that away. Mm, absolutely. And um, have you ever had this, that um, when you wake up, right, when you're fresh out of bed, when you wake up and your problems have not yet caught up with you, you are in a similar state. You're just woken up into the world um, and uh, you just see everything for what it is. You hear things the way, you know, just the sounds of landing in your ears, but you don't really label it until you realize, oh, today I have to meet this person or do this thing. And then eventually... I don't know, maybe, 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 just a maybe I'm experience. waking up on the wrong side of bed, but that sounds like bad <laughs> to wake up, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I usually wake <laughs> I up like that. I haven't experienced that, to be honest. I kind of wake up thinking, oh, I don't want to get out of bed. I'd rather have to think of one baby step at a time, coffee to try and take on the, the mammoth of a PhD that's mm. kind of taking up a lot of my headspace at the moment. <laughs> that's, uh, <laughs> okay so um just uh i think we've gone off on a bit of a tangent but just to go back yeah, onto the Tao being to... this unknowable unseeable realm where kind of everything originates from um whilst at the same time it's kind of this invisibly um this invisible force this kind of mystery that animates everything around us this uh ten thousand things that we look at in our day-to-day life that it speaks of you know it says it's the mother of this 10,000 things, this label. So it's this paradoxical thing again, it kind of, it's both the 10,000 things and it's also this mystery. You don't have one without the other. It's only, you see its manifestations in your day-to-day life. Mm. But um, as soon as you're consciously trying to be more aware and understanding and transcend this barrier of language and classifications and labels, that's when you eventually see the bigger picture. You don't just see things for what they are, you see it for the energy that animates them and brings life to it. So I, event, I, I think about this a lot and ponder it when I'm on the train and you look out the window. You don't just look at the grass or the trees and the plants or the cows. You think about it's actually the same life force that is animating everything around us as we all stem from the same thing. The yeah. Big Bang, per se. Absolutely. I think. Previous podcast. Yeah. Yeah, because there's a way to connect it to, you know, the common understanding of science as well. It is essentially mm. one force or one energy that animates everything right and i mean these um different cultures different ideas call it different things but essentially again looking at the uh, words as pointers to something else the 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 tao the uh, the energy that animates everything you know the big bang essentially it could be Mm. seen as that it's like it's true right that all the 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 energy the all all the planets and everything it is essentially coming from this one yeah. Source, one point. So, so if you ignore our, all our technological expertise and kind of scientific categorization, we can't actually recreate life, you know, so far. We can create a clone of something, but to recreate like an actual life scientifically out of nothing, out of just matter, we, we have found impossible other than using existing stem cells, you know. We can't mm. animate something from scratch. Mm. So the world isn't just its kind of named parts. It's uh, we're not just the skin and bones, like I was saying. It's so much more than that. Yeah. So, do you want to touch on how, say, you practice this daily, or like you know, is there a way in your eyes to bring this into your day-to-day living to try and become a bit more uh, integrated and connected with this way of seeing the world? Um. Yeah, so there's a few things. Um, well, one thing, for example, is that if you have like a pet or an animal and 
you kind of just observe them and their breath and they they aren't wrapped up so much in thought they're just living their life going with the flow with little resistance um but even if you just follow their breath for example and breathe with them and you realize that's an automatic process they're not consciously doing that that's that life force that dao that's kind of giving them this energy to do things automatically to live effortlessly if you will um another thing is trying to uh stop trying to do things or sorry, to try to do things and just do it. So when you're riding a bike, say maybe you're failing a few times, you're still riding the bike. If you're meditating, you're not trying to meditate. Even if you're having a bad meditation, you are meditating. Um, I think one suggestion from uh, Dr. Wayne D. Dyer, um, sorry, Wayne W. Dyer, um, he kind of analyzed all these 81 transcripts and broke them apart into his own interpretation. And he talks about kind of noticing and annoying. What's the um, what's the name of this book again as well? Just for it's called "Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life: change. Living okay. the Wisdom of Tao." Mm. Uh, quite a famous kind of self help author, but he spent a year meditating on these different transcripts and trying to incorporate mm. them into modern day life. Yeah, he says to try and notice an instance of annoyance or irritation that you have with a person or situation, and decide to practice this kind of Tao in that moment by turning inward with curiosity uh, about where you are on the continuum between desiring and allowing. So this idea of trying and doing, permit the paradox of wanting the irritant to vanish, allow it to just be, you know, like go with the flow, look inward for it in your thoughts, feel it and locate it and find how it moves through your body. Um, so the main focus is trying to be more, spend more attention to being open-minded, allowing the, the mystery that it speaks of in this verse to, to live within yourself. Stop trying to label things or change things for what they are. Um, you might notice yourself or your mind kind of doing these loop-de-loops. Um, you might feel it in your skeleton or feel it in your heart, uh, tightening your throat, whatever it is. Just kind of notice this desire that you want to change the world that is or stick a label on it or change it for your desire and just accept it, whatever comes. Um, it's really subtle, but when you kind of take this personal responsibility for identifying and putting labels and things, you can prepare for living within the mystery and living a much more rich and fuller life. Mm. No, I didn't just read that out of the book, by the way. I was no. paraphrasing. But, uh, mm -hmm. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. No, it does. It does. And... Um, just to give my two cents to this as well, then. Sorry, yeah, I went off on a little tangent. There. No, 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 no. <laughs> loved it, I loved it. Um, right, so in, in your day-to-day, -day, you know, experience of human life, right, you go through many times when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling, um, when you've got a lot of resistance to what is going on with you, your, your life situation, right? And um, I think... The, 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 the Buddha, he correctly said that, you know, human problem, the, the, the human condition is essentially dukkha, which in Sanskrit means... Um, mm, suffering, no? Suffering, yes. Right. The human yeah, condition is characterized by suffering. And, uh, you know, the whole, without getting into the, the Buddhism and all of that stuff, the essential idea is to break free from the suffering, right? And in one way of looking at it, there's a big movement today with with meditation, mindfulness, for for people, and 
I mean, some people go about it this way. Other people go about it with drugs and alcohol, numbing themselves to this daily human experience. But mm. people are always after getting away from this suffering, this dukkha. And, and say, some people might think that, you know, getting more money or getting like improving your everyday life situation is going to get you closer to to a state where, you know, you, you, you're actually happier. But it's not the case. Yeah, not just, not, not just money, just like getting your new iPhone or getting a new computer or your new house or getting married, have kids. You, everyone thinks that will solve their problems, right? <laughs> yeah, but essentially there is the fault because you cannot have something like you cannot have anything in the future because say if you believe that you know like if you're in school I'm, I, I need to pass these exams and then i'll be happy oh that is cute sorry that's <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, okay um sorry i just put the cat onto the webcam so yeah uh, she's pulling a really cute face <laughs> no, we call her mia by the way beautiful cherry blossom mm. looks lovely man and it's so cute <laughs> Sorry um, to interrupt, go on. No, no, no. Um, all right, so yeah, I, I was saying, yeah, essentially, if you believe that what you currently have now is not enough, coming from a place of lack, place of uh, unfulfillment, there's no way, there's no way if you, to experience anything else in the future because whenever the future unfolds, right, say, if you think next year, you know, I'm going to start this business, I'm going to... I'm going to, uh, I don't know, like married love of my life and then I'll be happy. It, it, that that is essentially means that from the day you're born, from the day you enroll in school or like from the day you learn to become human, you're being trained and conditioned to live in the future. It's like when you go into school, yes, you need to pass these exams and then you can do the next thing. Once you finish, once you finish school, it's like now time to apply for universities and and you know, get it past these entrance exams, you know, get the good grades. And when you finish university, you think you arrive, right? But then when you come to this point, it's like, no, you need to start looking for jobs. You need to start thinking about your future. You need to start thinking about where you'll be living, you know, who you'll be uh, like starting a family and all this stuff. But then eventually, did the um, connection break up just now? Or... No, no, I'm, I can hear you perfectly. Right. So then eventually, right? You're like, um, when I retire, I'll be happy. And I, I guess for most people, they're not going to really make it like like Mark Zuckerberg because he is just one mm. in seven billion. So that that's also something. But I digress. But you know, if you train yourself, if you condition yourself to live in a con consistently and perpetually in the future, and then try to say that you know when you retire, you'll be happy. That, that, like finally, when you think that you've arrived, you'll come to realize that it's a hoax. There there is no future worth waiting for. And in this wanting to get to this future you have missed the whole point which is that life and sure. in this in this eternal moment this eternal now so unless there's, there's, can, a, there's a bit of a paradox about kind of death or suffering like i think when you start to realize that the human conditioning is suffering or yeah. you actively seek it or you label it being like we are suffering you mean you mean like, lets, that, like like we, we like you you're not separate like the human condition is suffering, therefore you are suffering to some right. extent. It kind of just lets go a little bit and you realize that all those problems that you have that cause you angst or anything, just kind of seem, just kind of let go and vanish into existence. It's like when you're meditating, and all of a sudden you're wrapped up in a thought and you label it, oh, that's a thought. And it just kind of starts to vanish into the mm. distance. It just yeah. lets go. Oh, 
our natural instinct is to have these problems and be troubled by these small things. But mm. you don't need to live that way if you live your life aware. Mm. Same thing with and death. You realize you have to live your life uh, rich, like every day is your last. And that's quite empowering. People think it's depressing to think about death. It comes up no. in Taoism a lot. This whole yin and yang thing is the same thing as life and death. There's not one without the other. Actually, if you think about death, it just makes you live your life fully rather than living your life asleep. Right. No, I, I could not agree more. Memento mori in Latin, right? Remember, mm. remember death. Yeah. But, Stoicism um, at its finest. Yeah, no, I think there's a lot of truth to that because in today's society, death is just so far in the background. It's like, like no one, like, I mean, the, the way society is, the culture is like death, people die, even people. It's almost taboo, right? Like people yeah, don't really yeah. talk about it. It's like, oh, I'm so sorry that this person died. Like, and I think instinctually, like, like I'll do the same, it. you know, like I'll, I'll um, try and be respectful and follow the convention. But really, I think death's a beautiful thing because as we said about um, using this life force, we all come from the same thing. You're just returning back to Mother Nature to be mm. recycled into another life form. Right. And, and you know, that's like there's also some, like a shallower meaning you can take from it in that, you know, many times when you're upset with someone or when someone's done you wrong, right? You think, oh, this person, like, why is he doing this to me? Like, why has this person mm. done something to me? Right. But, you know, something that that is so inseparable from life like you say because essentially it's the same thing is death right and to mm. quote the words of carl jung who said that um life is an incurable disease with a very bad prognosis it lingers on for years in, and invariably ends with death so everyone is essentially going to die and you know in, in if you are if you are present enough to realize you know rather than being stuck in your thoughts to 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 essentially be more present, you'll see that, you know, that's something that unites everyone, right? Even if someone does you wrong, it's like, we have something in common. Like, say, in mm. 100 years, in, in 200 years, why why is this this situation? And that's, that's normally the projection of them, themselves, you know? It's a projection of something that's troubling them. Everyone fundamentally likes to think that they're a good person. They have mm. this cognitive dissonance if you challenge them. But you can tell them from a place of understanding, almost like they're a part of you and they come from the same thing. They're your family. It's better to talk to someone with a forgiving and compassionate nature being like, you've done this, but like, are you okay? You know, a lot of the time, if they're upset yeah. with you, it's because they're upset with themselves, not because they're upset really with what you, you're, you've done. No. And, and when you take sides and say like me, like, why are you doing this to me? You're further yeah. amplifying mm. these patterns. But it's essentially, yeah. yeah, like they are a symptom of everything that's happened to them. It's a condition like like all, all their life situation has brought them on to doing this to you. Right. Mm. So if you just look at that as, say, you know, like a butterfly flapping its wings, something that's inseparable from the Tao. Right. As an expression of the nature, as the world is unfolding at that very moment to you, you'll be like, I mean, just looking at it from a sense of curiosity. Like, why, why are you doing this? How, how is everything with you, right? To bring that compassion into your life. That's, um, mm. I, I, and uh, again. And it's easier said than done. Our, our nature as humans is to, yeah, our, our nature as humans is to be on this kind of autopilot mode. It takes a conscious effort to not act like that. Yeah. And, and that's and, living and, the wisdom of Tao 
No, I'm joking. You know, just, what, 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 just, what are you going to say? Final bit to wrap up. <laughs> yeah, so just to add last, last thing to this. You know, essentially, we talked about how words become the things, right, rather than pointing to things. So essentially, the ego itself, in one way of looking at it, is a an artifact of the language we use. Like, mm. you know, when someone says, oh, it is raining outside, like that's such common speech, right? But what is this it in this it is raining? There is no it. It's just a symptom of language that we need a noun to be followed by a verb. So yeah. when someone says, I'm sad, like who is, what is this I? What is this I that feels the sadness? There is just a feeling. There's this bodily sensation. Sadness can manifest itself as like a tightening of the chest, as, I don't know, it's just, just a feeling of down, you know, the color is looking a bit dull. That is sadness. There's no I that then feels the sadness. There's no separateness between the knower and the known, the uh, the doer and the uh, the thing that's done. It is essentially one integrated process that unfolds as the course of nature, the Tao. Mm. Yeah, so funny, actually. When you mentioned the rain, I realized that as I've, because uh, I've read um, Dr. Wayne Dye's book and also all the, the 81 transcripts. And when mm. it rains now, like I just really don't even... Um, look at the negative side of things my whole perspective of it's changed that i see it's a very beautiful and nourishing thing that's a part of life you see things as just as part of the cycle but on that <laughs> note i think we should save uh living the wisdom of Tao and this kind of podcast <laughs> series um to next time really uh, yeah, yeah there's a lot to be said i think a lot to be said. Mm, no. i hope uh you all as listeners really enjoyed listening to our, our little ramble about the the first transcript of uh, the Tao Te Ching and Taoism and if you liked what we have to say I, I, I would encourage you to um, subscribe to our podcast send us an email or a tweet or follow us on Instagram what's your handle yeah, for Usan? anything any questions my handle is at Usan Adam and, uh, and what's the um, what's the handle of the page the handle of the page uh, is at Enzo Flow on Instagram um, right so that's where we'll be posting little snippets and highlights of our podcast and ideas and philosophies. Um, mm. Just a little bit more about the the brand and idea and the, yeah, the collective that is Enzo Flow and bring together Absolutely. these Eastern philosophies to, to Western culture. And we do have some exciting things planned for the brand as well, which will be unfolding mm. soon. <laughs> yeah, exciting. Definitely. exciting times. So uh, stay tuned um, <coughs> and f follow our pages. Mine's at Francis Beaumont. So if you have any questions or you want to find out more, please just send us a message in a DM and we'll be in touch. So thanks again, everyone, for listening. <laughs>